Aloha mai kako, ova o nanea lo Hello everyone, my name is Nanea Lo and I'm back with another episode on the treaty series. Today we have Korero Williams um, talking about the Waitangi Treaty in Aotearoa or in New Zealand. And Correro Williams is a master's student in the Pacific Island Studies at UH Manoa. He's originally from Aotearoa, New Zealand, and he has a bachelor's in international relations, Pacific studies, and in education. So thank you for joining us on Native Stories and sharing with us and our listeners the Waitangi Treaty. So starting off, uh, where was this treaty signed? So uh, the Treaty of Waitangi has been known as Aotearoa New Zealand's founding document. And if you ask the common New Zealander, the treaty, they would say that the treaty was signed in Waitangi Bay of Islands in 1840. But the reality is, is that the treaty is not just one piece of parchment. It's actually multiple pieces of parchment and it was actually a travelling document. So it was signed in various parts of the country, um, taken around to various chiefs by representatives of the British Crown. So I guess the reality is that it was signed in many places at different times prior and in coming to 1840. Is that why it looks... Like, I've seen pictures or, like, you know, things on the internet of the treaty and it looks like super I mean it's old obviously but it looks like very tattered I guess is that why it looks like that yeah so um, I mean there's images of the treaty uh, and it currently lies in the National Library in Wellington Um, but like I said there are many uh, copies or pieces of parchment um, and it was actually lost during different Um, times throughout history and uh, it was actually eaten by rats which is why it looks a bit tattered and um, you know it's not in its perfect form oh wow (laughs) (laughs) okay so you said that it was signed by many parties so do you know how many parties there were or like the main folks that did sign it like I said, uh, this the answer to this question is going to differ depending on who you ask. Um, there is the colonial narrative, and then there is the kind of indigenous native narrative. And I guess uh, many parties signed this, many chiefs around Aotearoa at the time. It's also important to know that many chiefs did not sign it. So um, this is a case where like not all Maori were in agreement of the treaty, um, but there was hundreds of signatures signatories. And what was upheld within the treaty? This is where it gets a little bit complicated. So there is actually two versions of the treaty, one in uh, English language and the other in um, Te Reo Māori. So it's very controversial and like I said, uh, the answer will differ depending on who you ask. In the English version of the treaty, you could say that that was upheld by the state. It comes into question as to understanding the governance uh, of Aotearoa at the time, um, you know, the questions about whether or not Māori ceded sovereignty to the British Crown. And another matter, the Māori version, I believe uh, nothing in that version was upheld. And we know that the complexities of uh, English to Māori, like, you can't directly translate the two. 
So there are very uh, deep issues with the mistranslation of that treaty and how Māori perceived it to be at the time, um, as opposed to the English version, which is has been used by the state uh, for various personal agendas. The Crown uh, basically was using legislation to get what they wanted, which at the time was uh, a number of settlers who wanted to you know, live and start a new life in New Zealand. So yeah, after a period of time, after the signing of the treaty, I guess the settlers in the British Crown just went all in and completely overstepped their authority uh, with total disregard to um, upholding the treaty. What are the different agreements that have been broken since you kind of started touching upon that? I think uh, we can understand this by looking at the different worldviews of, you know, uh, Maori and Pākehā or um, Europeans in this context. You know, when uh, Maori were actually actively engaged in the process of the treaty um, and also uh, settlers coming to New Zealand, um, they had embarked on various trading routes and they also were kind of looking towards the future as to economic trading, um, how they can make money off of these various relationships with uh, the British Crown. But the main idea causes a lot of issues is the worldview of land. If Māori say, you know, you can come here, live here on the land, it's an invitation, you know, but Indigenous worldviews, we see the land as like providing for, but we don't take ownership of, right? I feel like um, we can see historically that when settlers came to New Zealand, they uh, had a very different idea of what it meant to live off the land and they wanted to own it, right? Um, And we see all of this land confiscation and where Māori lost a lot of their land. So I guess like the the differing worldviews of land and ownership of uh, was a huge issue with the signing of the treaty and leading up to. I mean, you've talked about how um, at the time of the signing of the treaty, there was other folks who did not sign the the treaty. Do you know any like information on that or like how? I mean, there. I just want to point out that like in Aotearoa, uh, prior to the colonial period, um, actually each iwi or tribe was not united. So it, you can see this mm-hmm. as like each iwi was actually an independent nation. And sometimes there's this narrative where people think that all Māori within the country were united, which it wasn't. Mm -hmm. But that also brings up complications when, you know, you can imagine the British Crown sends um, representatives over to, you know, get this treaty signed or propose a treaty with the native, quote-unquote, native people. Uh, And then they just need signatures for legislative reasons but they don't care mm-hmm. who's signing or how many people agree to it. So it's an example of like how the European system is using legis- legislation as means to come in there, quote-unquote, legally and take over, basically. And I think, uh, you know, many Māori chiefs oppose the treaty, but I also wanted to stress that many were actually actively involved in the signing and agreements of the treaty. Like I said, it's very controversial and it would change. The story will change depending on what who's you, selling it. Yeah, who's selling it, who you're asking, and where that person is from. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for a fact that my my tupuna, uh, kupuna, they didn't sign the treaty, and then some did. So yeah, it's very complicated, very complex. Okay, so you said that the treaty was signed, quote unquote, on February sixth, two 
1840. So why did they sign it? Many Maori at the time leading up to the signing of the treaty, you know, they had relationships with the British Crown with other European countries. They were selling,、uh, trading with each other.、Um, Maori were actively engaged in this process.、Um, they were interested in, you know, the future of Aotearoa.、Um, and when I say they, I mean certain people, not all.、Uh, you know, they wanted to. An economic financial future for the country to lead forward and see what what this relationship could、um, lead up to. The chiefs that did sign it were interested in the future to develop more international relationships, trading, migration, and things like that. And I believe they did have the the best intentions at heart, but obviously, due to the differing worldviews, they. Perhaps didn't know what was to come or what the consequences of the signing of the treaty would be. What was going on around that time to create the circumstances for signing? Yeah, so there was a, a lot going on during that time. You know, like、uh, you know, prior to eighteen forty, early eighteen hundreds, Europeans were setting out around the world、uh, looking for lands to settle, and we know that these lands were already already settled by indigenous people.、Um, they wanted to colonize. They wanted to.、Um, Bring large amounts of people from the continent to live in these places and to set up colonies, and that's what they did. What we also have is the introduction of Western diseases, which dramatically decreased、uh, the native population. Today, we can see that you know Maori、uh, have suffered catastrophically due to colonization and the, the signing of the treaty, perhaps、uh, with the events around that time. Maori are the minority in their own country. They're overrepresented in all the negative statistics,、um, including, you know, all the socio-economic indices,、um, imprisonment,、uh, negative health statistics, educational underachievement. All of these things have、uh, led to and caused by colonization in our European contact. It's really important to understand, and I just thought of something else that is really important. I wanted to stress that. Maori were actually masters at guerrilla warfare, so they actually had the capacity, and they did. They actually、um, defeated、uh, Pakeha in war,、um, and they did have the power to over overpower them, or rather, they did have the power and the means to overwhelm them due to their、uh, warfare and their techniques in this region.、Um, They were actually master.、Uh, they were good negotiators as well. I wanted that to be known. They they were able to negotiate with representatives of the crown, and they were actively engaged、um, in this process, as I've mentioned. So, how has it affected native people of that of Aotearoa today? I think, upon reflection for this interview, I was thinking about how the treaty has affected my life personally, and I think the treaty is. For me, it's more than just a piece or various pieces of parchment. It's more like it could be seen as like a living document. It affects our lives, not just Maori but Pakeha as well, because it's an agreement with Pakeha and Maori as a bicultural nation, right? So I think it's affected、uh, New Zealand, and you know, depending on who you ask. Both positive and negative ways. There are many Maori that are pro the treaty and many who are against.、Um, I mentioned some ne- negative statistics earlier about, you know, 
the treaty is directly related to colonization. We have to make that clear. So we can't have like compartmentalized uh, views on this. Like it's one and the same. And it's also nuanced. Like it's not black and white. It's very complicated. But I guess the signing of the treaty or the colonial period of the time has led to many things, uh, negative statistics about Māori where we're overrepresented in all the negative statistics in Aotearoa. You know, our language, our culture has suffered due to colonial oppression. Um, our numbers have dwindled due to various uh, reasons such as Western diseases, which continues to fix up, affect us today. But I guess it has the whole history behind it has made us resilient. Like, we are resilient peoples. We are not powerless. We are continuing the negotiations and the practices of our ancestors. Um, to this day, we have political issues that we're still fighting over and lands that we're trying to get back. Um, so I think it has made us stronger in a sense. Mahalo for sharing with us. And um, if you have any links or anything else that you'd want to share with our audience at Native Stories, we will put that and in the description and on our posts online. So do you have any last uh, words or thoughts that you want to share? Yeah, um, thanks for having me on uh, this podcast, Native Stories. Um, it was good to be able to share a bit about the Treaty of Waitangi or Teriti. Um, and I just wanted to stress that, you know, the treaty is such a important uh, conversation to be had. Um, it, it still affects us today. It's, uh, you know, named as New Zealand's founding document. It's very uh, hard to have a uncomplicated conversation about it because it's very complicated and um, nuanced. So I, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to shed some light on the treaty um, and how it affects us today and all of the complexities that it embodies. So thank you. Mahalo for sharing with us. So for everyone listening, stay tuned for the next episode on Native Stories for our treaty series. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews helps us to get new listeners, grow the show, and helps us to keep putting out new content that you all enjoy. So you can follow us on Facebook, just search Native Stories, or on our Instagram, Our Native Stories, O-U-R Native Stories. And you can also follow Correro on his Instagram, underscore Prince.Williams, or his Facebook, Correro Williams. And mahalo nui for tuning in, everyone. Ahui ho, ame ola kako. Till next time, peace.